Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Fun Fans Podcast. I'm your host, James Dillard. With me, as always, my co-host, Bailey Jackson. What's up, B? Ho, 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 ho. It's Christmas week, James. That's right. Welcome to the Fun Fan Christmas Special. And we really would like to wish all of our listeners a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Simply put, hope everyone is having some fun quality time with family and friends as we finish out 2022 and speaking of fun with family and friends rubens food sports spirits and catering the best wings around with two locations in the upstate we talk about the wings but and we've talked about some of the they got good stuff just go they've got something for everybody in the family and especially here at christmas time 1083 batesville road in greer and 11028 Anderson Road in Piedmont, South Carolina. Find them at rubensc.com. So a special time for friends and family. Take a little second to point out some sponsors in a little more personal way and how we are appreciative of their support and maybe a little special shout-out Christmas to, to their families. We talk about Rubens and also Eastside Transportation I know those places through David and Stephanie Hazelhurst. Uh, they have a son named Stephen. It's great to know them. Um, and it wouldn't have happened without my coworker, another family. I give a special holiday shout out to the McCraws, Scott, Jessica, and their daughters, Lane and Leela. So I hope you, all you guys have a special holiday. Jay Do, we talk about on here, and we've had him on here as a guest as well. He's a special, fun individual. His wife, Sydney, and his four kids, we won't list all their names of his kids, as, as he, and he would say himself that might take too long. But uh, Jada's just a cool, feel-good spirit kind of guy. I find him at It's Jadu, and it's just really cool to know him and his family. Hey, I saw him running up down the court uh, at the Clemson basketball game the other night, uh, Saturday in Greenville. I was watching it, and uh, I said, hey, what, 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 there's Jadu. He's running yeah. up down the court. Yeah, it, either Greenville or Bon Secours, one of those. I mean, they brought him on to promote that. Apparently, it's an annual thing they're going to start doing, but this was the first time and brought those – was eight teams, I think. They had four games, South Carolina, Clemson, and yeah. uh, a handful of other schools. And, yeah, I mean, if you're going to – like we say on here, if you want to hype up your event, j is the man to grab to do that. So, uh, Merry Christmas to him and his family. Mini Split Specialist, that's Mike and Susan Hammett. And Mike and I go way back. So his parents, and I thought about doing this because I was in my hometown of Packlet a couple of nights ago celebrating Christmas with the extended Dillards. We we could talk about how extended that goes, but it, it goes out quite a while. But I rode past my, my other grandparents' house, and Mike and his parents moved in beside my grandparents. A long time ago, we were just kids. Us. Uh, so we've known each other for a long, long time. And his parents helped take care of my grandparents when they started needing some help. And, you know, when my parents, myself, my brother, we all lived out of town. And so we are definitely forever grateful to the Hammets. And it was really cool that one of his daughters, Hannah, ended up being my daughter Grayson's elementary school teachers one year. And she's an excellent educator. So big time special Christmas shout out to the Hammett family. Bailey, you got some fam- – oh, well, speaking of the Jacksons, couldn't do this without giving a shout-out to Bailey J., Witt, Katie, the Jackson family. Hope you guys are uh, going to have a great holiday season. But uh, you got any special Christmas shout-outs there, Bailey? 
Yeah, same thing to the dealers, you know. Yeah, are, we, we have a big time, and uh, we've been, you know, we've been doing this, this not too long, but we've been doing our friendship for a long time. So, uh, you know, I can remember when your girls were little, <laughs> really little, born even. And um, so, yep, ha- Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, everybody. But I want to talk briefly about, you know, what we don't understand sometimes is that these college kids, you know, most of the college kids are home now. And, you know, we've had a couple basketball games the last four or five days, and I've seen all these former players and all these former students. And yet my daughter's still at Clemson because she had cheer practice, and then she's cheering at the basketball game Saturday, and then she's cheering at the women's game Tuesday. So that delaying her return home to spend some time with us. And then I talked to Jalen Lane's father, Jalen, if you don't know, plays for Middle Tennessee, and they're playing in the uh, Hawaii Bowl. I don't have the corporate sponsor right in front of me. Um, <laughs> on Christmas Eve, 8 o'clock Eastern time. It's the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl, sorry. Um, but 8 o'clock Eastern time on Christmas Eve, which I guess is like four, three or 4 o'clock Hawaii time, I'm not sure. Uh, but his family will not be able to go to that game. Um, so he's, you know, he's excited about the bowl game, but he's like, man, I'm, I'm going to get back to Clover, South Carolina on at 6, 7 p.m. on Christmas Day. So he's going to miss most of Christmas Day. And that's, you know, that's tough for some of these guys. And, I mean, it'd be tough for anybody not to be with your family. But he's with his extended family, I'm sure, his teammates and, uh, you know, Go Blue Raiders. We hope you beat uh, San Diego State in the Hawaii Bowl. But that's, um, you know, just a good time to be around friends and family. And happy holidays, everybody. Yeah, hopefully. Well, I'm sure the schools, the teams, and the hosts of the bowl games go out of their way to do something special while those kids are away. And it's, But there's nothing like being with family. And I'm sure the families will be ready to – Hey, we can we can recreate the celebration anytime. Uh, that's for sure, and we hope they definitely have a good Christmas and holiday season. So, well, man, I hate Coach Lane's not going to make that's a that's the game he needs to go to Hawaii. Well, they they you know he's been traveling around the world here lately. He's been going to the Shrine Bowl in Spartanburg, but before that, he was in Australia with his uh, son his other son, his older son. So he's just like, look, we got to take a break from all this travel. Um, But anyway, hey, the best thing about Christmas is when it feels like Christmas and it's supposed to be cold right here in South Carolina this week. So last year, year, I think it was 20 degrees above normal. So it was in the seventies on Christmas day. Um, This year, it's not going to be, it's going to be down in the thirties. It's going to feel like Christmas. Yeah. The only, the only seventies will be the, the grandparents in the house uh, as they watch the kids unwrap the presents. Yeah, which reminds me of when I was a kid and we'd go to my my grandmother's house on Christmas night and I got you extended family beat, dude, let me tell you. My dad got so many (laughs) brothers and sisters. There were people everywhere, but it would be so hot in that house. And, um, you know, just the older you get, the more you run that heat. So... (laughs) That's right. That's right. So uh, speaking of the trips and the inside information, we've got a really cool guest coming up on the podcast. Let's see who we got. 
So here we are with a former student from one of my previous schools, Mr. Matt Conley. I also worked with his dad, comes from a family of high quality educators. As a matter of fact, he is the Clemson beat writer for ClemsonSports.com. He was previously with the state newspaper. On Twitter, he's at Matt on Clemson. So we got Mr. Matt Conley. How are you doing this evening, Matt? Doing awesome, sir. Appreciate you having me on. No problem. We appreciate you being with us. So we'll go through a little few questions here, but we'll start with uh, giving you opportunity to give the listeners a little bit of your background, maybe how you got to the point where, you know, uh, for us Clemson fans, it's an awesome opportunity uh, to be to be right there covering the Tigers all the time. So how did you get into that position? Yeah, so I was going to school actually to be a teacher. Like you mentioned, both of my parents were teachers. Uh, my brothers work in the school district. So definitely kind of kind of runs in the family. And I was going to school to be a teacher and decided I wanted to try journalism instead. Because uh, that, that was just kind of where my heart was with, with, was with sports and sports writing and Really wanted to do that. wasn't really sure how to get into it. Uh, so I started working for the Herald Journal locally and doing some freelance stuff and ended up full time uh, with them eventually and ended up kind of moving up, moving around some and ended up at the state newspaper in Columbia. <clears throat> and the way I got on the Clemson beat was I was I was covering South Carolina. But in 2015, or I'm sorry, 20, uh, 2014, when Clemson was was making this run. No, this would have been 2015. I'm sorry. So, yeah, it would have been 2015 when Clemson was undefeated and, and kind of making its run to the playoff. Uh, they they decided they needed someone up here covering Clemson, um, too. And I live pretty close. I, I live kind of near Greenville area. And so they asked if I would start uh, covering Clemson. And it's been the best thing that's happened to me. It's been awesome. You know, I've gotten to – Cover a ton of of awesome games, ton of fun experiences. Seen Clemson win a couple of national titles, covered a couple of others. So it's been a lot of fun for sure. Um, it's just you know I'm I'm blessed and thankful to have this job and get to do this every day. Oh, there you go. So that does sound pretty cool. So it does sound extremely busy as well. So uh, this podcast is about being a fan and you know mainly during football season. If you don't mind, give us a breakdown of what a typical week for you would look like during football season yeah it's funny like I usually tell my wife and, and she kind of knows at this point the routine is around early August I'll see you again in, in February um, I mean it's, it's it gets pretty dang crazy I mean we've got so Monday and Tuesday we've got player interviews um, and coordinator interviews on Mondays players on Monday and Tuesday and Dabo Sweeney talks on Tuesdays and so get a lot of coverage for the week on those two days right there. Obviously I'll post some stories the day of as well, kind of the breaking news or uh, whatever came out of there. That's most interesting. Um, and then <clears throat> we'll also get stuff for later in the week too. maybe some breakdown type things or, you know, what, what the coordinators see from whoever the opponent is that week, that kind of stuff and kind of, kind of save some of that stuff for later in the week on Wednesday, Dabo um, talks with the media Wednesday night again, Monday, he also has the call-in show, so I'll, I'll tune into that, and sometimes there will be some news from that. You'll get some pretty entertaining calls, and we have a, a thread I keep uh, with live updates on our, our message board for it. Um, and then Thursday and Friday are no interviews, but there's still a ton to do. That's when I'm finishing off my preview piece and my score prediction, um, looking at some of the keys to the game, 
some of the key matchups, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then uh, also traveling usually Friday of, of if, if there's an away game, kind of depending on where the game is. They travel that day, then Saturday cover the game, which, you know, for a noon game, I'll get there around 9.30 or 10 and usually leave probably at 7 or 8. Um, you know, they're, they're the night games, the 7 p.m. games, I'm usually leaving the press box at 2, 2 or so, uh, something like that. So late nights for sure. Um, and then – Wake up Sunday, you're you're writing follow-up stuff after you stayed up late the previous night, and we have a teleconference with Dabo Sunday night as well. So it's really a seven-day-a-week job uh, this time of year. You know, there's not a day where I don't – where I kind of just sit back and relax and don't have anything to write. So it's uh definitely keeps me busy. But like I said, it's a lot of fun and, and thankful to be able to do it. Wow, yeah, that kind of reminds me of my schedule back when I used to coach football. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> For sure, it's seven days a week, late nights, early mornings. So, do you get to be a? Were you a Clemson fan? Were you a football fan before all this? Yeah, I've always been a huge football fan. I'm not a Clemson fan. I'm actually a Purdue fan. So my mom went to Purdue. Her whole family went to Purdue. Um, we we grew up big Purdue fans. I actually went to the Purdue opener this year. It works out occasionally where I'll get to go to a game. Um, and so with that one on a Thursday and Clemson play on a Monday, I got to go to that one this year. Uh, so I'm a Purdue fan, you know, and, and I really don't root for teams. I mean, they're sure there are, you know, you get to know people, you get to know players, you get to know coaches. Um, certainly it makes it easier when Clemson is, is doing well and it's better for us because we're getting to go to, you know, playoff games and that kind of stuff. But I wouldn't consider myself a Clemson fan. I just – yeah, I think you really if, – if you're going to do it right, I think, and, and be an unbiased reporter, which is what I've always tried to be, I think you've got to be able to separate and be able to look at it uh, through even lenses um, and kind of give an honest take on things. So not a Clemson not a Clemson fan. Like I said, I'm a Purdue fan. Uh, but certainly it's, it's fun to cover a team that's doing well and much more so than a team that is three and nine and a disaster and you've got – coaching changes and all that kind of stuff every offseason. I bet. And, and that's that's very good. Yes, yeah, unbiased reporting. Very, <laughs> a very good, and that's probably good for folks to know. It's, they just read about football and, and the program. Uh, they know it's coming from unbiased eyes and unbiased opinions. So you, you, you kind of alluded to this a little bit. Is there a favorite part that you have as far as being able to cover Clemson football? Yeah, I think it's got to be the game days. Like, that's just still what we all – I mean, that, that's – I think that's what everyone kind of looked forward to growing up, and it's still what I look forward to is just, you know, those, those exciting moments, um, whether it's the Tampa National Championship and, you know, the game's coming down to one play and it's, you know, Deshaun to Hunter Renfro, um, which, you know, and I do – I will say, like, that that's something I think not a lot of people understand. It's just kind of – what all goes into covering a game because at the time I was working for a newspaper. And so that game ends um, on that play. Actually, I think there was one second left, uh, but, but for all intents and purposes, the game ended on that play. Right. And I've got 10 minutes to get a, a story ready to go to the paper that kind of wraps up that entire game. And, you know, we've got however many thousands of papers we're printing and, however many people are going to read it online, on the newspaper, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, if online, if I make a mistake, 
I can go back and change it in about two seconds and update it on the site and everything's good. But once it hits print, if it's in there, it's in there. And so, you know, that that's uh, certainly a lot of pressure um, that comes with that. You know, I, I know a lot of Clemson fans were excited and crying and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just panicking in the press box trying to get as many thoughts out and write 400, 500 words on that game as quickly as possible. And I already had a lot of it done, but it's hard to – it's hard to – to ride ahead when you don't know exactly how it's going to end. And that one play certainly changed everything. So, um, you know, I think that that's certainly um, a great memory and, and something I, I will remember forever. Um, I mean, there, there's just so many cool games and cool moments that I've had doing this job. But definitely, definitely the games, um, I think, for sure. You know, even watching LSU, just as a football fan, watching that LSU team and Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and being – in New Orleans for that game was just insane. And just seeing that offense go up and down the field, um, particularly after the first quarter, quarter and a half, you know, Clemson, Clemson did a really nice job there for a little bit and the defense allowed them to stay in, but that offense was just so good and had so much talent. So that, that would be another one that was kind of cool to sit there and, and be there in person for and witness. Oh yeah. They were, they were loaded. They were loaded that. And you talking about that print, uh, Growing up, my whole life, my grandparents took me to all the games and we would go to the bowl games. And when Clemson would win a bowl game, the first thing they would do the next morning would go buy a paper. Yeah. And, you know, different headline, you know, something having to do with the bowl, the city, you know, whatever. And uh, my grandfather saved every one of those things. So that's uh, – I don't know if we ever read the article. Right. <laughs> I'm sure – I'm sure uh, he did, and, you know, as I got older, I started reading articles as well, but we definitely went and grabbed one of those papers and whatever picture and headline they, they chose to put in from that whatever city it was in. So that's very cool. So um, you mentioned, you know, being able to see these teams. Is there a kind of behind-the-scenes cool experience that you could share with us? Something, I don't know, and I'm, I'm – I'll just tell you, I'm visualizing – you know, you sitting on the front row, almost like you're having a conversation with Dabo during a press conference or something. Is it? Is that what it's like? Is there an experience that you could share with us like that? Yeah, there, I mean, there were definitely moments early on. Because, um, like I said, I started off covering South Carolina. So, like, I was down in Columbia, and, you know, I was 21 years old, 22 years old at, at press conferences, talking to Steve Spurrier and stuff. And there are certainly times – early on or um, you're kind of in awe or like I covered the college world series in 2010 and kind of being there and like, man, I'm really at this game. Uh, but that honestly, it, that wore off pretty quickly. I mean, I think it's just hard to, and not that it's not like, Oh, this, this isn't cool, but I, it's just hard to be like, you can't be kind of in awe or, or whatever of people and then also do a fair job. I think covering them and stuff. Now you can certainly think that they are great coaches, do awesome jobs, do awesome work, that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, I've kind of, I think I've, I've probably gotten past that point to where I can just, um, you know, still, still think it's really cool and have a lot of fun, but not kind of the, that all moment, you know, I, I, I do think back to like, I think it was the 20, yeah, I can't remember if it was 2016 or 2018 title, but I remember Dabo running off the field. Um, and we're all kind of in the, I, I think it was 2018, but anyway, a, a few of us reporters were kind of off to the, side back by the locker rooms because um, you can go in the locker room at the, the national title game 
the media can go in afterwards. And so we're kind of waiting. And I just remember Dabo running off and just, you know, him screaming and being all excited and being kind of right there for that moment and hearing him um, right before he's about to go talk to the team. Um, certainly, you know, covering Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence, just two, two insanely good quarterbacks. I mean, I, I think Trevor's going to end up being the best quarterback in the NFL in the not too distant future. You know, he, he, he looks, he looks incredible and you can kind of see him coming into his own and, and the game slowing down for him at the NFL speed and just his arm talent and everything's insane. So getting to cover his career in every game, I think I went to every game he played in was, uh, was really cool. So just talking with some of those guys, certainly, certainly neat and had some really cool uh, behind the scenes types moments with them. Um, even, I'll share another one, even DJ Uyunglele this year. And I know that he's a guy that, um, you know, it, it didn't end great this year for him at Clemson. But after the Florida State game this year in Tallahassee, he played well. You know, he was really off to a good start that year. Mm -hmm. And just kind of sitting with him. I, I We weren't sitting, but we were standing. He got done with the interviews. And he just stood around. And there were two or three of us, I think, down there still. Um, and he – Kind of just stood there, chatted with us for a while, was talking about how cool it was to, to play in that stadium and how he grew up always watching the Tomahawk Chalk and thought that was so neat. And, you know, just we weren't talking football or anything, but just kind of listening to him talk about life and, um, you know, getting the win there and all that kind of stuff, just off the record kind of chit-chat was, was pretty cool too. So definitely, right. a, definitely a lot of moments. Um, and he's a guy that, I just hate it didn't end, end better for him, but certainly root for him as he goes on to his next stop. Well, that's, that's all you hear, and no matter what happens on the field, uh, you hear nothing but really good things about DJ as far as type person he is. So uh, I think everybody hates that it didn't go any better for sure. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. So speaking of uh, experiences, you've already told me you're not going to the Orange Bowl, but you're still covering everything, I'm assuming, up – up to the Orange Bowl? Yeah, I'll be covering everything virtually. Um, and it, it's just – it's kind of a different um, deal now with just kind of the way the bowl games are and stuff. And I'm not trying to minimize the bowl games or anything. And certainly we'll be watching and, and looking forward to seeing it. Uh, but, yeah, we just decided our, – our company just decided that uh, we, we wouldn't use the money and the budget for that this year for this game. So – you know, certainly looking forward to it, but it's going to be a little different not being there for sure. Uh, but, yeah, if it, if it would have been a playoff game, would have certainly been there. Uh, but, man, it, it's just kind of different. And I think it just kind of says a little bit about where bowl games are. I mean, you have Tennessee with Jalen Hyatt um, not playing, Cedric Tillman not playing. Obviously, and then Hooker's hurt. Clemson's got a couple guys I won't be playing too. And so – um, you know, not that it's not that I want to call it an exhibition and certainly Dabo would be not happy because he's been as forefront as anyone about how important these games are. Um, and I do think they're they're important as you kind of build off and look to start on the next year. Uh, but, yeah, I, I unfortunately won't be there first. I think it's the first time I won't be covering a bowl game since probably 2010 or so, uh, right. at least in person. But, yeah, I'll, I'll – be at the facility. We've got a press conference Wednesday uh, to, to talk about signing day. And then uh, we'll have some other virtual stuff uh, from Miami, too. Well, don't don't worry, because you guys, uh, definitely you and definitely ClemsonSports.com are not the not the reason behind <laughs> what's happening in college football. Now, the landscape is definitely changing. And like you say, the games are definitely important. It's 
especially to the coaches and the players in the game, but as far as the overall um, the overall concept of, you know, an Orange Bowl this year versus, you know, 10 years ago, let's just be honest, uh, it's important, but it just has a different importance level. I don't know how to put it, I guess. No, so, for sure. I think that's what just it a, just a change in the in the landscape. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with with that concept and that philosophy and how those things are viewed as we move forward, especially the 12 team playoff, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, that's a whole nother podcast. So a couple more questions. What other you, you cover? You mentioned being at the College World Series. So do you just cover like all the Clemson sports or is it certain ones in addition to football? Yeah, we 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 cover football first and foremost, um, and and football recruiting would be right after that. I mean, those are our two main two things that we cover. Um, and I've got a guy, Jeremy Johnson, who who does some national stuff for on three as well. Um, uh, he covers covers a lot of Clemson stuff too, has a lot of connections, and so he's a huge help for me. Um, so yeah, we we do football and recruiting, and then. I've really tried to step up our basketball and, and baseball coverage, and I don't think it gets enough um, interest from the media at, at Clemson, to be honest. I think that uh, there are a lot of people that do care about it, not as much as football, obviously, but there are definitely several diehard Clemson basketball and baseball fans, and I've gotten to meet a lot of them um, that subscribe to our site. And so, yeah, I, I certainly try to cover those programs uh, really well, too, while also covering football. So, Football, basketball, and baseball would be the main ones with a with an emphasis on football, but definitely don't forget about the other two. That's right. Hey, when you when you're a student there like myself, you become a fan. Well, you know you're a fan of all the sports, but I remember going to basketball games and going to baseball games, and uh, we're all excited about the softball program over there. Oh, yeah, so there's definitely <laughs> there's definitely some folks that uh keep up with all that, all the sports across the board. So uh, we appreciate you doing that. And speaking of where can folks find your work? Give us a, give us a plug. Sure. Yeah. It's clemsonsports.com. Uh, like I said, we're with the on three network. So we, uh, we, we cover recruiting, we cover national sports, um, NIL stuff, signing day, all that kind of stuff. We have uh, several team sites. We have a, a, clip, or a South Carolina site, which is GamecockCentral.com. Uh, we've got Auburn, Georgia, uh, Florida State. We've got a, we've got several sites. So, and if you sign up to uh, one, you get access to all of them. So, I encourage people to check that out. ClemsonSports.com, uh, part of the On Three Network. We've got a deal right now. I think it's ten dollars get you through next football season. So, really good deal going on right now. Yeah, that's not bad. Well, Matt, I appreciate you being on. Everybody go check out ClemsonSports.com and find Matt on Clemson on Twitter. And he's a very good follow. And I hope you guys have a great Christmas. You tell your family I said hello. I got, wait, I got one more question, Matt. We asked this of all of our interviewees. Yes, sir. So I just have to ask. Well, and I won't ask specifically if you can do the gritty, but does does anybody in the press box do the gritty? We do not do the gritty. Um, yeah. we, we're not the most athletic uh, group of dancers up there. So, 
No, I'm, I've I've attempted the gritty. It doesn't usually go very well. My son's actually better at it than I am. He's he's three year old, three years old, and has a little more rhythm than I do. So he would be the grittier in the family. There you go. Well, it seems seems to the younger they are, the better it is. You know, uh, previous podcast we had Clemson's number one hundred and ten percent fan Carter Wiley. Mm-hmm. Oh, you remember seeing him on the jumbotron at the last couple home oh, yeah. games. And uh, he is he is the gritty expert, so <laughs> he crushes uh, it. Yeah, he did a great job. So anyway, so no gritty and going on in the press box. Well, yeah, y'all don't y'all stay unbiased. Don't hurt yourself. And uh, doing a great job, man. I appreciate uh, what you do and appreciate you being on here again. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Appreciate you having me. Hey, well, that was really cool to hear from Matt uh, once again. I appreciate him being on the podcast, taking the time to do that. Speaking of time away from family and it was really cool to hear his perspective on covering the Clemson Tigers and Clemson athletics and maybe we definitely definitely to hook up with him again maybe once for basketball and once for baseball so uh but back to some football Bailey there have been a couple of bowl games are any of them worth talking about you think uh I, I hate to tell you but I have not watched um <laughs> one there there have been nine bowl games so far I did flip around. Uh, yeah, I saw Jimmy Kimmel at his bowl. <laughs> you know, maybe one day we'll be big time enough to have a bowl game. James. Yeah, fun fan bowl. Um, yeah, there were two Friday, and I was like, what, what, what? there's football on TV on Friday morning. It was 1130. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, I did watch the uh, Jackson State North Carolina Central game, the Celebration Bowl, and, and that, was a, that was a really good game. And uh, I feel bad for the kid. Jackson State had a chance to tie it, and a kid dropped a touchdown pass. And he, there were no. pictures on Twitter of him just devastated in the locker room. And I'll give Coach Prime a little shout out uh, that he was over there consoling him. You know, it's not one play in a game when you lose by one score; it's all the plays. That's right. And people tend to blame the wrong people sometimes. But anyway, I haven't watched a ton of them. I'm just I'm enamored with the uh, corporate sponsorship. <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll get back to that in a minute. The, the only game that got a lot of attention that I noticed was the Florida game. Florida took a big fat L, and we don't we don't do bashing on here, Bailey. We like you said, we've been on both sides of the coaching, the playing, the fans, the families, and the winning and the losing. But it was quite interesting to see an SEC team take such a such a hit yeah and I didn't didn't hear many of the a lot of times especially on ESPN most of the comments from the commentators are all about SEC speed and SEC this and SEC that but uh, there were a lot of Pac-12 touchdowns is pretty much all that was happening uh, during that game and yeah and uh look we uh, obviously uh Billy Napier used to work at Clemson and we you know, you don't know what goes on. Those guys, how many got out? How many transferred out? How many did this? And what did they do the night before the game? And right. that kind of thing. How motivated were they? That's why bowl games are such a toss-up anyway sometimes. Uh, but, you know, my son likes Oregon State. He likes their mascot. And uh, <laughs> they are ranked, you know, they're like a top 12 team. So, um, you know, yeah, Florida took a beat down. And that yeah, they, game probably meant a lot more to Oregon State than it did to Florida. Well, that that was a lot of the conversation. It's like you said, you never can tell with a bowl game. 
And um, there's a, uh, as was mentioned in the interview, a lot of the landscape in college football is postseason wise is changing. But honestly, you can go back to when, you know, when I was a kid, the bowl games were always way less predictable than the regular season. Like you said, what the kids did the night before I heard stories about Danny Ford would, I mean, super strict rules on the kids on these bowl trips. But if they won, they stayed an extra night and did whatever kind of thing. I'm not sure if that's true. Just something I heard, but you know, you got yeah, the, the bowl games have always been like a reward for the kids. So how they take it as far as winning and losing standpoint, you never can tell. So, man, it just depends on what, you know, like a, a lot of, t- so I'm going to give you the, t- there are a couple turning points in the Clemson football program that I think of. And I think of giving up 70 points to West Virginia one year in a bowl game. And that, was, that, that. was a turning point. Okay, that that has that's not happening again. Um, so that was the time where you went, hey, something got we got to fix something, right? And then the 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 fourth down conversion I guess I think at LSU in the Peach Bowl, Taj Boyd to Hopkins, uh, that those, was big. Are, those are turning points. And so you never know what teams are. You know, some te- coaches are like, yeah, let's go have fun at the ball game, and others are like, we can build on this and use it as another couple weeks of practice that other teams aren't getting. Um, oh, and, and huge recruiting tool. That goes back to what I've said about, you know, this season and Clemson fans, we don't need to be in the playoffs. I would always take the playoffs over not the playoffs. But That's right. A lot more bowl games to come, and I'm sure we'll talk about some of those as well. And the NFL gets in on some Saturdays now that, the college football schedule is a little thin. Do, do we watch the NFL, Bailey? I, I, honestly, I do, yes. Um, yesterday or this weekend was the first time that two former Clemson quarterbacks had won in the NFL on the same weekend. I saw that. That's Trevor, pretty cool. Trevor and Deshaun. And then uh, Trevor Lawrence had a huge, huge win against Dallas yesterday. And and uh, we, we he's starting to play like uh, the number one overall pick. That, I mean, we kind of knew he was – Gonna do that anyway. We'd seen him play, uh, and then the biggest comeback in NFL history happened this weekend as well. The Colts were up thirty-three to nothing at halftime and lost to the Vikings. At Clemson, definitely the success is on the shoulders of players. I mean, you know, it's not the X's and O's; it's the Jimmys and Joes, as some coaches say. And Clemson, with the national championships playoff run, the past handful of years definitely has a lot of former players having big-time games in the NFL. Uh, there's no shortage of uh, posts on Clemson social media with former players. But the biggest play yesterday – and I, I watch NFL as well. I really don't get into it until the playoffs, but whatever. Um, did you see the Raiders win the last play with the Raiders and the uh, Patriots? Uh, yes, I actually have that in my notes here. Uh, okay, first of all, the game was tied. Tied. And you're going to go to overtime, and you throw a pick six. <laughs> Backwards. Did, did you see Matt Jones' attempt at a tackle? Was Is that what, is that what you're going to call that? I, I mean, I guess that is technically what that's called. Dude, you're talking about winning or losing a game. You got you to gotta grab that guy's shoestrings or something. He just – 
that was that was a that was not athletic at all. He went straight format. Any part of it, and it's it was. I'd be like, God, that's going to be all over social media, and it should be. Yes, and it's like you said the the fact that the game is tied. They they started doing the pitch it back play, I guess, as if they were losing with no time on the clock. It just just get tackled and go into overtime. I mean, I, anything, dude. Tackle that guy. You know, I mean, just what are you doing? Bill Belichick's yeah. supposed to be the greatest – one of the greatest coaches ever, and he is. He is. And he I, is. I saw him. I didn't hear what he was saying, but I'll probably go look up his post-game press conference because they're always uh, entertaining. And the one year I was lucky enough to have a team – Playing the state championship, I I Belichick them. I didn't I didn't refer to anybody's name on the other team, just their numbers, mm-hmm. um, because we played a guy named um, AJ Green in the state championship at Somerville, and he's he's been pretty good in the pros, oh uh, yeah, in pro football. But I, I always referred to him as number twenty two. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, yeah, the NFL. I like it this time of year. Uh, teams trying to get the playoffs. So every game is close, and honestly. If you don't know, the NFL wants it that way. They revenue share. They make sure every team there's not there's not these dynasties unless you just have a great quarterback and a great scheme. Um, and some teams do better than others, but they won't they won't balance. Oh, definitely, definitely that. But that I really and, and doubt. The Miami Dolphins game was great uh, Saturday night against the Bills. Yeah, the Dolphins. Okay, so I did the Dolphins was my team as a kid. Not sure why, but they were. And, of course, love watching Dan Marino play as I was growing up. And uh, I like their new coach, and they've had a, a lot of success, and it was just cool to see the snow during that game. So Yeah, it was like snowing. Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, you couldn't even see the ball go through the uprights at the end of the game. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. But, yeah, I don't think Belichick called that play. I- I'm going to – I'm going to say that he's definitely good enough coach. That was probably some. I would uh, not want to be in the meeting this morning. <laughs> Poor instinct reaction on the player's part, thinking that, okay, time's running out kind of deal, but uh, definitely not the smartest thing to do, especially take off and throw it as deep backwards as uh, that, that fella did. But anyway, so in other news, just FYI, the University of Texas won the Natty in volleyball. So there's uh, my daughter Grayson's big into volleyball, and we've watched the volleyball playoffs since oh. about the quarterfinals or so. So I watched a little pickleball yesterday too. <laughs> Congrats to the Lady Longhorns. So, yeah. But uh, back to what we normally talk about. Any update on the Capital One Orange Bowl? I don't. Uh, I think course. we're just okay. Let's hear. Let's hear it. The halftime show will be performed by Fitz and the Tantrums. Okay. <laughs> okay. They joined so, an esteemed list of recent Capital One halftime acts, including Flo Rida, which I've seen in concert after a Baltimore Orioles game this year. He's a Dillard, you know. Outstanding. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, just saw that. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, that hand clap song that's on some commercials and uh, other than that, I'm not 100% sure what songs they have. Um, All right. So that's news. All right. Well, good. Thanks for the update. The Capital One 
Orange Bowl update. Hey, we'll say that's brought to you by Mini Split Specialist since we really need to read their spot, even though I gave the shout out to the hammocks. You can definitely find the Mini Split Specialist for your heating and cooling needs at minisplit.co or give them a call at 864-305-5125. Now, I'm going to admit a little bit of, I'm just going to, I'm not going to give a reason. A reason would just sound like an excuse, but I failed. Bailey, you came up with a great question of the week last week, and I failed to get it posted on social media. So we're going to go with that question of the week again this week, and I'm going to get it out there. I promise which bowl is the best tasting bowl. Do you happen to have that list of edible bowl games again today? Uh, Well, I mean, it's not hard. I can look at it. Um, Famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Um, I'm scrolling. Sorry. Well, there's seven. You caught me off guard. The Sugar Bowl, the Cheese It Bowl, the Duke's Mayonnaise Bowl, the Tony the Tiger Bowl, uh, Orange Bowl. That's an orange. That's right. Uh, and the Chick Fil A Peach Milkshake Bowl. <laughs> Chick Fil A. They should call it the Peach Milkshake Bowl. That would that would be a winner. But we're going to get that out there. We're going to make sure we have our list of, of bowl games ready, so everybody be ready to vote for which bowl they think is the best tasting bowl. Uh, once again, we appreciate Matt Conley being with us on this podcast. And we thanks to all of you for listening to the Fun Fan Christmas special. Once again, warm well wishes to everyone this holiday season. Don't forget to click subscribe on your favorite platform. We're going to continue to bring you these Fun Fan stories throughout the bowl season, the off season, and we're just going to keep it rocking and rolling. So on behalf of the Fun Fans podcast, Jay Thriller Entertainment, Bailey Jackson. Happy holidays, everybody. That's right. And thanks for listening.